0: Well, well, well. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. Wow. So if you're a guest at Kingwood, um, Joel and Lindsay have been on staff here with us for, for 13 years. And today is your last Sunday at Kingwood. So you guys are going to um, uh, plant a church. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to ask you if you take a minute and just explain what that means and, uh, and where you're going to plant the church at.
1: Um, what is church planning? That's a that's a good question. No, you kind of need to know the answer to that one if you're going to plan a church. So, um, you no, know, I, I think the best way probably to answer that my um, when we told our family what we were doing, uh, what the plan was, uh, our the, the response from our kids was uh, uh, varied. Uh, however, um, it was it, the the questions were um, one of the questions that I got from one of my kids was. Uh, so, so are we taking all of our tools with us? And I said, well, yeah, we're going to take everything. What do you mean? And they said, well, are you taking the hammer? I said, well, yeah, well, right, we're taking the hammer. And, 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 and I picked up finally on what they were saying, and uh, I said, are you talking about us building the church? And they're like, yeah, we're building the church. <laughs> and, um, and, and I realized they only ever, the only time that they ever heard us about the church or reference the church was uh, in regards to a building. Hey, we're going to church this morning. Hey, hurry up and put your shoes on. We're late for church. You know, (laughs) we are, uh, hey, let's, we're going to go ahead and leave. I'm going to swing by the church on the way and we're going to, and it was a, it was a place. And so I realized that um, a lot of us unintentionally think of church as a, as a building or a structure. Uh, And it's not, it's not. Church is people. And uh, church is people uh, gathered in relationship centered on jesus with a mission to welcome everybody to the same table and um so for us uh we're planting a church but what we're first doing is gathering people in relationship and planting the gospel and when you plant the gospel uh you kind of leave it up to jesus to do his thing and uh, and he does it well and so he's the one that produces fruit so we're going to huntsville uh, I think that was part of your question. We're going to Huntsville? About, it was. Yeah, okay, good. Um, uh, not far, about two hours north, and we're planting a church there. We're leaving. Uh, we've, we've got a house up there, and so we're leaving. Actually, when we leave here, uh, our cars are stacked full of suitcases, and, uh, and so we're getting in the car kind of like we just got married. You know, we're heading off, and so we'll be gone. Uh,
0: okay, so you're going to plant a church, which means you're going to start a community of people that doesn't exist yet. Yeah. So what does the next 12 months look like?
1: Yeah. Uh, you want answer that? You answer that? Yeah. Um, this is Lindsay. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, so um, we leave today, but we actually won't have our first, like, launch for our church until September, which leaves this big gap of time. And over that time, we're going to... Um, networking sounds really bad. We're going to connect with people, people who want to help plant a church, who are in on the vision and in on that dream, and they feel like God has has asked them to jump in with us. Uh, People from that community who know other unbelievers who are going to pull them in as well. So uh, we'll spend a lot of our time uh, finding those people and um, planning and organizing. We're both going to have jobs. Um, just regular workplace jobs, which um, is great because we're at our best when we are ministering, when we're being Jesus to people. And um, I think it's great we'll be able to find the people who don't know Jesus and and have, you know, eight, what is it, eight months maybe of relationship with them and pull them in with us and show them what a community of Jesus lovers looks like. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, So we're so. building a team for building a team for nine months, and then uh, we'll we'll take our team and we'll launch out and um, uh, launch a church in September. It'll be the third weekend September. So.
0: Okay, so um, you you guys fill a call to Huntsville. Yeah. Uh, you know, a c- couple of questions. One is why Huntsville, and and maybe to the person who says, you know, gee, I passed you know, four churches on my way to church this morning, you know, don't we have
1: enough churches in the south? Why, why Huntsville and why church planting? Yeah. Uh, yeah, usually people that already go to church uh, tend to have that thought, why, why, why would we have uh, another church? The truth is, is it feels like oftentimes that there's a lot of churches, especially in the south. Um, but uh, when you look at numbers, actually, uh, even in Shelby County, but in Madison County where we'll be, um, we'll have within a 10-minute drive of where we'll be, there'll be over 60,000 unchurched people within 10 minutes of our church. Um, uh, if, if, if the, at the rate that the um, population is growing in Huntsville right now, uh, you would have to, just to keep up with the population, just to keep up the same, we are talking like status quo, to keep up with that for the church, uh, you have to plant 10 churches a year in Madison County every year for 20 years to keep up with the projected growth. So, um, Lindsay and I are, are, we we, we love, we're so excited about what we're about to do. Uh, We have big vision for where we're going. But the truth is, is that my suspicion is, Somewhere around either in Huntsville or maybe some other part of the United States right now, there's another church that's doing something very similar with another couple that's called the Huntsville because they just need more churches. And so we're we're joining in with a part of what God is already doing there to link up with uh, what He's doing. And 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 there's something powerful and unifying in, in in other churches coming together in, uh, together as 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 the church and watching the kingdom expand. So. Uh,
0: now, tell us the name of the church. And when you told me the name, I said, Joel, what does that mean? Yeah. And, and so I want you to tell us the name of the church and, and where the name came from.
1: Yeah, the church is called Bodacious Church. <laughs> um.
0: Don't tell us what that means. Yeah. Um, it
2: is the, not Bodacious yeah. <laughs>
0: Lindsay says, rainforest. that was Joel's first
1: I choice. I tried that. She's like, No. It's not cool enough, not quite cool <laughs> enough. Uh, our church is called Four Corners Church. And so uh, Four Corners Church, um, so not like directional north, south, east, west. Uh, think four corners of a table. And so um, uh, actually at the beginning of this year, Lindsay and I, um, w- like, we, like we normally do, we kind of take a step back and we say, Um, what does this year look like for us? Is this, this, for the past couple years, we've said, um, is this the year for the next season for us? Is this this the transition year for us? Is this what we're looking at? And uh, we've felt very strongly that it was, and and I didn't know what that was going to look like, but I had a conversation with a friend who, who, about this year, uh, in January, and they said, uh, I got a passage of scripture for you. I want to read to you. And so we, we talked about what God was doing. And the passage of scripture was the story in the book of Acts where Simon Peter has this vision of this big tablecloth dropping down from heaven by its four corners. And, it, and it's on the ground. And, and um, the voice in heaven says, eat the food. And Simon Peter says, I'm not going to eat the food. And, and then he says, eat the food anyway. And so he does. And the message is basically this. Um, up until that point, only Jews were uh, received into the kingdom. Jesus came to bring the kingdom of heaven. And that was the shifting point for not just all of the New Testament, for all of the rest of the world, the rest of the history of the world. It shifted that the fullness of the kingdom of of Jesus, uh, righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the kingdom is available to everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you've done, all over it doesn't matter. And so um, the next day that he shared with me that verse, the next day uh, we had staff prayer. And uh, Pastor Jay came in, and he said, hey, guys, uh, God's laid a passage of Scripture on my heart. Uh, I want I um, uh, us to pray through it this morning. And he cracks open the Bible, and it's the story of Simon Peter and the vision from heaven. And I thought, okay, well, maybe Jesus is talking to us. And so um, God said several things to us, uh, to, to me, that morning. and. Um, and uh, it was very, very rich. And so that passage, like sometimes you guys have done this, I'm sure, too, where you, have a, you just have a passage of Scripture that stays with you for a long period. Maybe it's a month. Maybe it's even a year. And for us, um, that passage of Scripture just resonated in our heart. And so for months and months, we would just read over it and pray through it. And what is God saying? And um, it started to clear up what we were looking at doing, which was, um, which was church planning. And then this past summer, um, like Pastor Jay normally does, we do a book study of the Bible for our messages for the sermon series. And um, Jay has no idea what's going on and randomly chooses the book of Acts for our, for, I think it was the last minute actually, I think you had a, a different um, plan, and then um, chose the book of Acts and then divvied out the passages for us to preach. And, and he just so happens to divvy out the passage of scripture of all the passages in all of the Bible. I don't know if you've ever read the Bible, there's a lot of passages in there. And um, it was uh, the story of Simon Peter and the vision from heaven and the blanket coming down by four corners. And, um, and, I, and I just thought, man, God, you're, you're speaking. And it was the church's response to that vision. And the church's response was um, some people went back to Jerusalem and kind of sat on that vision and didn't do anything with it. Some people left and went to Antioch. And Antioch became the church-planting capital of world history. And so um, through that passage and through about of a hundred other things, um, God showed us uh, that this, what, what this next season looks like uh, in a lot of ways, and that the church is Four Corners Church, and so we uh, exist to reveal the nearness of Jesus to those that are far from him and to uh, help them take their next step toward him. So that's where the, that's where the name comes from. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Oh, okay, Lindsay, uh, I, uh, I have a tough question for you. You have uh, you were born here, and you have spent all but maybe a couple of years, two years of your life mm-hmm. in this church. Uh, and so uh, what will you miss about Kingwood Church?
2: There's like a billion things, but um, I've, I've thought about that a lot. Uh, I'm like 37, so that puts me <laughs> here about 37 years. That's so long. Um, I, of course you miss the people, but like, it's not just people; those are relationships that people invested in me for literally decades, and I've gotten to do that to them. And that's—it's uh, like a rich relationships that I have here. Those aren't grown overnight. Those are day after day and year after year and tears after tears. And you know that so many of you celebrated with us. Uh, we we laughed. I was like, these people, you know, helped. Some of these people helped fund my first mission trip back in high school, you know, which really brought the message of Jesus so just in my face. You know, I'm like, oh, I've got I've to do this. This has to be a part of my life. And some of you did that. You know, you, you've got fingerprints all through our calling, all through everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that is a, that is a rich relationship that, um, that I'm going to miss. Like I, I'm truly going to miss it. Uh, And we hope to bring that. I've learned, I observe, and I remember. And we want to bring that to our church that we're going to have. Like, there are so many people who don't don't know Jesus. They don't have family. They don't know love. And so um, I have been given so much of it through the people here. I want to give that to them. I want them to experience what I've had because it is priceless. It's truly priceless. And then... um, and then the kids and i honestly 14 15 years ago i didn't i don't think i would have thought i would say that but those children back in that room every sunday seeing their face is just they're beautiful they're precious and they're f- so full of faith and of hope and of it's just there are so many god moments like really Beautiful God moments I've had in my adult life, and many of them have been in that back room with some of your children out of their mouths. You know, so um, I'm gonna very much miss that. So,
1: Joel, w- what about you? Yeah. Um, so I, yes, <laughs> um, I've got a. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the the, the the relationships, like it or not, the, uh, Kingwood. Uh, we've been here long enough now. It is in our DNA, and um, and so when we go, Kingwood goes with us. I, that, I hope that doesn't sound like a cliche. It is as true as it gets. It it, it really does. And then the kids part. Um, uh, I agree with Lynn's uh, God. Uh, in some ways, I wish I could elaborate how that sounds. Uh, tricked us into kids ministry, and. Um, <laughs> And it wasn't until we got, and, and wasn't until we got in there, that we realized uh, it was for our benefit, and how much God changed us. It, to to recognize that um, uh, that that Jesus is in is in this room, uh, he, he's in those kids' rooms just as much, if not more, than he's in this room. Uh, it 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 takes you being in there for a while to realize it, to pick up on that. And um, I think recognizing. Uh, allowing God to put that value in me of, of um, the least of these uh, and allowing me to have the opportunity here to, to understand that, to grasp that. Uh, our, we've, we have some relationships with the team members that we've worked with um, that are just, uh, you just, you only get it through time. You only get it through time, and uh, that's what we've had. So,
0: Well, um, I want to share with you now uh, how how we're partnering with the Sims and their uh, church plant, and uh, and how you can help. So uh, one of the things that we're doing is the church planting network that Joel and Lindsay are partnering with require a sponsoring church, and so our church is their sponsoring church. Uh, and it, that's a little too complicated to explain this morning, but it kind of means, you know, if they get in a jam, we're 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 behind them. <laughs> okay, sort of. Uh, so. The other thing that we're going to do is today, I've got an announcement for all of you who uh, have been giving to, to missions. Um, we're adding Joel and Lindsay as our, our 95th missionary in our journey to 100, and we're going to support them for $200 a month for three years. So we're going to support them and try to help them uh, get off the ground. The, the other uh, thing that we're going to do is we're going to receive an offering this morning. And so... Um, I want to ask you today, uh, if you have a gift to give, uh, we've really streamlined every way we can to try to put all the resources we can um, where they make the biggest difference for them, and that is in helping them get the church off the ground. Um, so um, we, we've made some, um, some commitments to try to help them do that, and we want to give you an opportunity to be part of that. Um, so as our ushers are coming, if you need an offering envelope, if you just wave at one of our ushers, if you're giving a cash offering, all our, all our giving platforms are open. You can give electronically or, or any, way that you, any way that you would like to. Um, let, let me say a, a, a few things to you uh, about the offering. Th- three ways you can help. One is, you know, give an offering now. Uh, that, that'll, that'll be a big difference. That'll help as they work their way towards September that will um, help them buy the things they need to launch their church. You know, they'll need to have public services and all the equipment and everything you can imagine. Um, this will be a big, a big help to them starting. So y- you can give an offering. The second thing you can do is uh, just continue to be faithful in your, in your giving at Kingwood because um, your giving here will help us keep the commitments that we've made to them if that makes sense. And then uh, the last thing is you can pray for them uh, because the enemy's just not going to give up people willingly, you know. The enemy has sort of territorial reign over people who are lost, and he's not just going to give them up. And the most effective method of evangelism in America today is church planting. And so when you move in on the enemy's turf, there is an element of spiritual warfare that takes place so um, these, are, these, are our, these are our people. These, uh, Joel and Lindsay are part of our family, and we're sending them. And uh, let's send them today with, a, with a, a financial support, but let's send them with a prayer covering and, uh, and ask the Lord just to, um, to be with them, to bless them, to help them, and to uh, open doors, you know, that they wouldn't have any way to open on their own the Holy Spirit will go ahead of them so would you just kind of stretch your hands this way and we're gonna, we're gonna pray for them this morning Lord I thank you for um, Joel and Lindsay and I thank you for their friendship and I thank you for their partnership and ministry I thank you for all the all the tears that we've cried together and I thank you for all the laughter <laughs> all the fun and all the joy and just all the life, we've shared life and how sweet it is God I pray you're covering over them today I pray you would bless them God I pray you would open doors of favor, I pray that you would um, order their steps so they would know which way to walk and when to walk and who to talk to and what doors that you've opened that they're to run through and which doors that you've closed and they're to move on from God surround them with a team, surround them with people who can help, help build this church for the sake of the kingdom. Almost 90 years ago, somebody somewhere gave prayer and gave time and gave an offering to start this church. And boy, for nine decades, we've benefited so much. And so now you're starting that story all over again in Huntsville. Lord, we pray your grace and favor on their life. Health, peace, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give.
1: Uh, uh, Thirteen years ago, before we got here, um, uh, I came here straight from school, straight out of of college, and so um, my last year that I was there, before I got married, uh, I lived with, there. we had, I had seven roommates. There was eight of us, eight uh, stinky dudes, you know, and we're all in this dorm room, and so um, I went to a a small private Christian university, and they had curfew at night, and uh, which was good looking back, you know, it was a good idea, good good move there, and um, so, uh, but we had one roommate that was always late. He was he was notoriously late. We always knew that he would be late. And so one night, uh, as, 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 uh, as guys do, we're up talking and we're saying, um, hey, let's do something to our friend Jason. Now, is anybody in here, you guys, uh, you, you're, you're a scarer, like you love to scare people. Like that's your game. You're like, I just like, some of you husbands are raising up your hand. You're like, I, I get her all the time, you know. Yeah, I, uh, I, I love scaring. I don't know why. I just like uh, the cheap laugh, you know. And so my friend that was going to be late, Jason was going to be late, and we said, hey, let's get together and uh, let's scare Jason. And so we planned out this whole plan that we were going to do. And so we went in his room, and, um, and I told his, his, uh, his, his roommate that was in there, John. I said, John, I said, here's the deal. I said, John, I said, your dad's a pastor. I said, my dad's a pastor. And I said, we know all kinds of, like, scary pastor stories. I'm talking, like, the spiritual stuff. I'm not talking about ghosts. I'm talking about, like, scary stuff, all right? And I said, G- get the room really scary, all right? And then I'm going to jump out and scare Jason. And so um, I, cr- I crawled underneath his bed. Jason comes in, you know, gets ready for bed, lays down. And, um, and so they get to talking. And John starts talking. He's like, hey, man, he's like, uh, he's like you know, we've been in chapel lately. And uh, I don't know why, but uh, the president, he's been talking a lot about, like, angels and demons and stuff. And uh, I don't know why he's been doing that, man. Have you you ever had any experiences with, like, an angel or maybe a demon? (laughs) And and as the conversation begins, it starts to get legitimately scary in the room, all right? They start telling stories, going back and forth, and I'm, I'm, you know, 20 years old, and I'm just like, ha, 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 this is so funny. And about 10 minutes go by, and I'm like, this isn't funny anymore. (laughs) It's not funny I was scared to death, and I was the one underneath the bed about to jump out and scare Jason. I almost crawled out and said, I'm not doing this anymore. Hey, guys, it's me. I just, it's Joel. I'm not an angel. All right, or anything else. Let me out. But I didn't, you know, held strong. And so finally, Jason is there, and he goes, you know what? He said, uh, he goes, I think um, that, you know, we're in the last days. We're going to start seeing more more crazy stuff. We're going to start seeing the supernatural all the time. But I think God knows I'm just not ready for that right now. I'm not ready, and right at that time, I thought, oh, this is perfect, and so I went, you know, and I'm underneath his bed, and I push the bed up, and he jumps out of the bed and screams, Jesus! (laughs) He says, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, and he starts punching the bed. (laughs) Now, I'm underneath, and I remember he has like one of those, he's like a sword collector. You You guys ever met any sword collector? He had, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I remember right above his head is a sword, and I'm thinking, he's, this is getting intense. And so I think, he's, he's going to take the sword, and, and I'm going to be done. It's not going to be funny. He's going to kill the demon, all right? And so everything just gets silent, and I go, we're laughing. And I go, it's me, you know. And we laugh, and we laugh, and we laugh for 20 minutes. I stayed underneath that bed because I couldn't move. I was paralyzed laughing. That was the very first story of the very first sermon that I've ever preached here at Kingwood 13 years ago. I walked into a room of 5th and 6th graders, there's about 50 of them, and I have my notes written out in manuscript form, all right? <laughs> word for word, I'm about to just read their faces off, all right? <laughs> and I'm sitting in the room, and the leader goes, okay, everybody, sit down. They just fed them Dr. Peppers and Sweet Tarts and and Twizzlers and just, they're all just these candy humans just running around and they all sit down and they're looking at me and I look down at my notes and then I look up at them. I look down at my notes and I go, I got about six seconds before there's a mutiny on my hands led by a fifth grader named Tucker on the back row. And so, so I reached back into the recesses of my mind and went for the best thing, best story that I had. And um, I I told them that one, and they were terrified. (laughs) But there's just something about a name. My message was called, What's in a Name? There's there's, there's just something about a name. This morning, I want to re-preach to you um, the same message I preached 13 years ago to all the fifth and sixth graders um, and so, uh, and what it means to me now. So my message was, what's in a name? Uh, uh, if, if, if you could add anything to the Bible, what, what would you add? And, and I realized, like, the last verse of the Bible says, don't add anything, or you will have the plagues of the world added to you. I realize that. We're not really adding anything to the Bible. I'm just saying, if you could add anything, what, what, what would you add? I already know what I would add. It would be a Q&A book, all right? It would just be straight q and A. I I would just ask questions about all the good ones, all the good stuff. What is the meaning of life? All right? I don't want to have to read all these stories. I just want you to give it to me. What's the meaning of life? You know, what is, you know, why am I here? What is, it, you know, fill in the blank, whatever your questions is, you know. Uh, aliens, you know, yes, no. Um, <laughs> what, would, what would you add? All right? I, I, think, I think I would add, I, I, I know that I would add the q and A. I I would put that on there. Um, now, if you could take anything out of the Bible, Again, this is, is all hypothetical. We're not really doing this. If you could take anything out of the Bible, wh- what, would you, wh- what would you take out? Now, before you answer, I want you to think, remember the last time you opened up Chronicles and just started rolling off all these names that you couldn't pronounce. All right? I feel like when I look at the Bible I, and I look at the whole thing, I go, there's a lot of stuff in here. Like it's, I, I, I could get a notes version, you know, and it would be really, really good. Um, I think I would look at all the names and the lists and the names and the lists, and I, I think that's what I would take out because on, on first glance, you go, this is a lot of extra space. And I feel like you could fill it up with some really good stuff, some really good theological points. But for some reason, God shaped the text the way he did on purpose. And so everything that's in the scriptures, everything that we see, there's a purpose for it, and it's for us. It's 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 for us. It may not be to us, but it is for us, and it's for our benefit. And so, when I look at the um, when I look at the names, I realize that names are important to God. What looks like wasted space for our, um, uh, uh, our our Western efficiency-centered brains isn't a waste of space to God at all. In fact, behind every name is a story. And every story is significant and so uh, my first point is this 13 years ago I said it this way names have weight to them you don't just have a name there's more to it than that so uh, real concise there for you you know for my first message um, names aren't just a collection of letters uh, or a collection of sounds that are, that are put together every name has a story and behind every story is significant there's a reason that the first name that Jason yelled out when he thought he was being attacked by the evil one was Jesus. He didn't yell out his own name. He didn't yell out whatever it was. There were no other names. It was was Jesus. He went straight for the jugular, you know. He went straight. It was Jesus. And the reason is, is it's more than just a name. It's more than just letters. It's what is behind all that. What's, What's behind that name? There's more to it. Um, Uh, Our passage of Scripture is Philippians chapter 1. I want to read this morning. Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard until now. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. Paul wrote this book. He was a church planner. Paul was a church planner. He went around planning churches all the time. But Philippians is a pretty unique book. Paul wrote like two-thirds of the New Testament. He wrote a lot of letters. Uh, Philippians is unique. It's different than all the others. In the others, there's usually some kind of of rebuke or some kind of criticism or something that he's trying to fix, something that he's he's really trying to make a point at. But Philippians is different. It's a friendship letter. In fact, there's no rebuke in there. He doesn't go in there and try to, fix anything he's just writing back to a bunch of friends and we kind of have an idea who's there Acts chapter 16 shows us who's there he goes up to uh uh it's the it's the story of when Paul travels through uh the town of Philippi and so as he's going one of the first people he meets is this woman named Lydia and Lydia is very wealthy she's a, a dealer in purple cloth all right. She's very wealthy. She's having like a like a Bible study with some other believers. She she has a she has an idea of the truth of Jesus. She doesn't have a full a, a full scope of what that is. And Paul comes straight in, preaches the gospel to her. She she begins to realize more of what of who Jesus is. Not long after that, Paul's walking down the road in the city and, and there's this um uh there's this crazed teenage girl, young girl that's behind him that keeps yelling out all these things at him and distracting everybody around. Paul immediately turns around after a while. He turns around and he prays for her and she's delivered and is set free on the spot. And so Paul's going around. He's doing ministry and he's picking up He's picking up more and more people. As he goes a little bit further, he ends up getting arrested because, uh, because he healed this girl. And the people didn't like that. And so he gets thrown in jail. Well, the jailer... After a miraculous uh, story there in the jail, um, the jailer ends up coming to faith. His whole family comes to faith. And so this is the ministry of Paul in Philippi. So the letter that he's writing, he's actually writing to people that he ministered to and to those people that they've breached and brought to faith there. So he knows who he's talking to. And so in his mind are these names of people that he's preaching to. And he reads, starts off with this passage and he says, I thank God for you every time i think of you it's a letter to partners in ministry they weren't projects to him they were partners they were partners in ministry and it's a letter to him that over time had proven their good name with him my second point is this uh, 13 years ago i said it this way um, it's difficult to get a good name and it's easy to get a bad name it takes a while to get a good name it didn't take very long to get a bad name um At the time, I was talking about good choices and and reputation and and, um, allowing God to give you a good name. Thirteen years later, I look at the uh, people that that Lindsay and I have ministered with, and um, the names just roll through my brain of hundreds of people, hundreds of volunteers and leaders and coordinators and all kinds of titles but the truth is is none of those titles really mean anything to me anymore standing up here. There's just so many friends. So many friends with names that over time have developed such a weight to them, more meaningful to me than anything that I would say that we've done or accomplished but instead um, who we've ministered with, because over time it takes a while for God to develop that good name and to give weight to that. We've worked with so many people and it's been so good. Um, there are a few in here that I do want to uh, I do want to point out that I've kind of um, I've kind of gone to I've kind of gone to battle with over here, over here, over here in this little section over here, and um, I do want to I do want to say something uh, to a couple of you guys because um, basically this is my last day and I can say anything I want. Um, Pastor Larry was here when I first got here uh, 13 years ago um, uh, That's 13 years of staff meetings And 13 years of staff prayer um, There's a few things I've learned Pastor Larry that um, you, you can hear at any time In any staff meeting or any staff prayer uh, You're going to learn a few things You're going to learn the latest Alabama recruit <laughs> If you want to know anything about recruiting You can talk to Pastor Larry um, uh, The latest about the end of the world. I usually go to Pastor Larry about uh, stuff that's happening in the, in, in the, in the last days. And, um, and I'm also going to experience on some level, at some point, that morning or that day, the peace of God. Um, eight years ago, Lindsay and I had been in the hospital with our daughter, um, and we were in and out of the hospital for two months. And Pastor Larry, I remember um, you coming in, and I've talked with people all over this church. You've done this with them too. In fact, recently I've had several conversations. Um, I remember you coming in, and you sat with us, and just sat with us. And uh, I don't remember everything you said. I do remember the feeling that I had when you were there. And it was just the the peace of God. And so this morning, Pastor Larry, I want to thank you. Thank God for you. Uh, For your partnership, uh, for your friendship, and for teaching me what it looks like to minister the peace of God to people. Um, uh, Pastor Clark. Where are you at, Reverend? Oh, he's counting money. I'll come back to that one. (laughs) Pastor Manuel. The fruit of the spirit that's always been the most mysterious to me, um, the fruit of the spirit are, is love expressed in joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and, and self-control or strength of spirit. The, the one that's always kind of been the most mysterious to me in my head was, was, is goodness. How do, you, how do you wrap up goodness? Uh, how do you think of goodness? Goodness, we... we Uh, here in in the fruit of the spirit in this text means uh, a life lived well a good life not for the sake of themselves but for the sake of others and um uh, pastor manuel i've i've worked with him and i've uh, served with him and i've i've recognized that it is in him it is in him that's living and being upright in order to bless others and um Pastor Manuel, I, I wanted you to know that um, I want to thank you for your partnership uh, and for your friendship in ministry. And I want to thank you for teaching me what it looks like to live a life full of the fruit of the Spirit of goodness and a life lived for the sake of others. And I want you to know that this morning. Uh, Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark, um, where are you, Pop? you counting money, too? There you go. Sometimes life isn't fair. Sometimes life isn't fair. Um, And we all know that. This kind of goes both ways, though. Um, I don't understand it, but sometimes God expresses his love for us so extravagantly that he just keeps piling on good things. Um, I have the best um, dad in the world. I love my dad. I love you, Dad. Um, but some reason, God thought it was a good idea to heap on an, just an unfair load of, of, of the, the, just the greatest father-in-law anybody could ever ask for. And then he thought it was a good idea to put us on the same staff for 13 years. <laughs> Life isn't fair. Um, after 13 years, I can look back and see that you never once treated me as anything but a peer in ministry, even when I was, um, well, I'm still pretty much the same, but 23 years old and I not know nothing, you know, You never once did that. You are a pioneer in ministry, an absolute pioneer. There are, there are churches all over this country that have leadership schools and internship programs, and they got all kinds of fancy names. Um, but you, you pioneered that whole idea, you did. Um, they, they didn't have those 25 years ago. And they do now. And it's pioneers are the one, only ones with arrows in their back. And I just want you to know, you've, you've, I thank God for you and your partnership in ministry, for your friendship, and for teaching me what it looks like to go exploring in ministry. And then not look back. Germ. I got a lot of stories about Jeremy. They're good ones. We've gone on a journey, haven't we? I guess the most famous story in the Bible of brothers is uh, Cain and Abel. (laughs) I want to thank you for not reenacting that over my life. Cain killed Abel, and um, God asks him, where is, he goes to Cain, he says, where is Abel? And Cain's response says, um, I don't know, am I my brother's keeper? And uh, the, 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 the the message of the story is, yes, yes, you are. But his response was, no, I, I'm not. I can only, I only have to look out for myself. Um, in 13 years of ministry, uh, you're, response has always been, yes, I am my brother's keeper. Um, when, I, when I first got here, um, I'd only been here a few months, and um, uh, we were about to take, Lindsay and I, we're going to take uh, 72 kids to kids camp um, <laughs> with a few leaders, uh, and it was pretty ridiculous, uh, because we would have other leaders at kids camp, and they would pass by us whispering, and they're like, there they they're the dummies that brought all these kids. They really did, um, and we laugh about it now because re- that really happened. We saw them whispering about it. So, um, and uh, I was going to come back, and I was supposed to. Uh, we were going to launch a middle school ministry, and um, uh, I didn't have. I didn't know what I was. Gonna, I didn't know how it was going to look. We were behind on kind of what we were wanting to do, and so uh, Jeremy said before we left, he said, well, "What do you need?" And I said, uh, "I need like." I need the room. I need the whole setup. I need what now we would call a portable church. And me and Linz are about to get real good at portable church. Um, what, what now, but at the time, we needed something we could put up and take down. And so we left to go to kids' camp, and I came back, and Germ and a couple leaders built the whole thing and then didn't tell anybody and made everybody think that I did it. And it looked really good. He, uh, I went up to him a little bit earlier and said, uh, Hey, man, I'm about to do this and, um he said, okay, well, what do you need? And I said, man, I, I need a team. And he goes, okay, who do you want? How many do you want? Uh, I don't know how much you know about ministry, but you don't just give all your leaders away. And then you don't give your best ones away either. And um, Jeremy said, here's my team, here's my youth group. Whatever I have, you can have it. And for, for, for 13 years, um, that has been Your posture toward me, Um, it's is—it's not been the little brother. It's been uh, what I have is yours. We're in this together and we're a team. And um, I want to thank you for your partnership and for your friendship and for teaching me what it looks like to really do live out a life that, that Jesus said to do, which was to put others first even if it's your little brother. Um, Pastor Jay, I want to talk to you about my pastor. I can say whatever I want. Um, You have the best pastor in the entire world. I know exactly what I just said, and I mean it. Uh, I came in here several years ago, and um, uh, it was during, you were preaching, it was just a normal message. I don't even remember what series it was or, or, what, or what message it was. But you were kind of near the end of it, and uh, you were talking about uh, all the things that we uh, c- could or want to be remembered for. Um, and you said... All the things that a lot of us try to live to, to be remembered for. And, and then you got a, a little vulnerable. And I remember you said, at the end of my life, forget all the accomplishments, any successes, anything, anything that I have in my life. Just, I'm going to forget all that. If I could just be known for one thing, I want to be known as a man who loved Jesus more than anything else. I'm going to take a lot with me. Lindsay's going to take a lot with her. We're going to take a lot with us. You, you, you are a leadership wizard. You are a brain, man. You are so incredible. Um, you've, you've taught me more than... I got a pretty good feeling I'll realize even more and more over the next several years. Um, but through all of that, what I, what I will take with me more than anything, is that I had a pastor who no matter uh, what he knew or what he didn't know or what he was going through or what he wasn't going through, loved Jesus every day more than anything. I want to thank you for your partnership, for your friendship, and for teaching me what it's like and what it looks like to be a pastor who loves Jesus more than anything in this world. You are the greatest pastor in the world. Clark, this is for you. Uh, you know what a pine knot is? Anybody ever heard of a pine knot? It's a. Um, it's you, uh, the pine tree is a, is a soft tree, soft wood tree. Um, but you, you got a knot in there that is like immovable. You can, you can try to hit a nail in it. You can try to beat on that thing. You can try to shave the, the cut the knot off. You could do a lot. You're not, you're not touching that knot. You're not doing a thing. You could set it on fire and that's about it. You're not, you're not damaging the pine knot. It's stability and it is going nowhere. Clark, for me and for this church, is an absolute Pine knot. I have learned so much of what it looks like to be a uh, Jesus follower and a burden bearer that is immovable because of Pastor Clark. 13 years. He was here before I got here. Um, I thank God for Clark. I thank God for his uh, friendship, for his partnership, um, and for teaching me what it looks like to be a burden bearer for others. Kelly, you can tell him that uh, right now as he walks down and sits down in his (laughs) seat. Philippians 1, verse 6 says this. And I am confident of this, that God, who began a good work, will continue his work in you until it is finally finished when Jesus returns. This is what God does. He is a beginner and he is a finisher. He starts and he ends. He is the Alpha and the Omega, and he does this. He ends years and he starts years. He finishes seasons and he starts new seasons. The season that this church is in, the season that our family is in, the season of the year that we're in, this is what God does. He doesn't hoard everything in and hold it in and keep it. He walks around for some reason with his hands wide open like this and gives. And he starts things and he finishes things. But the promise that you and I have is this, is that you can be sure of this and you can be confident of this. That what he started in you, what he started in me, and what he started in us, he will work to complete until the day of Christ Jesus. This is the promise that we have in him. So I want to ask you this uh, while you're sitting there, what, 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 what season are you in? Are you, in the, are, you, are you starting off something? or Maybe you're toward the end. Maybe you're in the middle. Maybe you're right in the middle. Can I tell you something? That it's when you're right in the middle that God begins to develop and give weight to your name. He begins to, that's when he gives weight to your name to add significance to that name, to add influence and meaning. And what we, a long time ago, called uh, testimony. That's, that, that's where he adds the weight of that name. That's where he adds that. No matter where you are in that journey, God is working in the middle, and he is sure to complete that story. My last point was this when I was talking to those um, 5th and 6th graders. Uh, No matter what name you have, God knows your name. I've never believed that more uh, than today. God is closer than you realize, and his plan for you is better than you could possibly know. It may be different than what's in your head, but his plan for you is good. He is closer and he is better. He's closer and he is better. Our church that we're planning, we want, to, um, we want to reveal the nearness of Jesus to those that are far from him. And we want to show them, help them take their next step toward Jesus. The truth is, is that uh, Jesus is never far. He's never far. We feel far from him. We can, we can feel far from him, but, but he, he's not ever far. In fact, when he stood on the, by the well with the Samaritan woman in the New Testament, who, somebody that he wasn't supposed to talk to for a lot of reasons, or at least wasn't expected to, she said with the, in the conversation with Jesus, Jesus, Jesus says to the Samaritan woman, he says, look, if you knew who it was that's sitting across from you, and the gift of God that I have for you, you would actually ask me for living water and I would give it to you. If you knew how close I was, if you knew how close God was, and you knew how good he was, he is closer and he is better than you can possibly imagine. Every time. Would you do this with me? Would you hold out your hands like this? I want to pray for you before we leave. Paul ends this passage of Scripture with a blessing. It's a powerful blessing. But one of my favorites is the one from Ephesians. It's just a little bit different, but I want you to receive that this morning. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God, all four corners, your heart, your soul, your mind and your strength every bit of it filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen amen. Pastor. Joel, would you... Um...
0: Would you and, and Lindsay and Sophie and Grant and Juju, would you guys come right here? I, I know we've prayed, but um, we want to pray one more time before we go today in, in a little different way. I want to ask, um, I want to. we'll do the little ones first. So any of the children that are in the room that are part of our children's ministry now, In other words big city uh, fifth grade and down Uh, and the the little ones uh, parents you're welcome if you want to bring bring the the smallest ones Um, I want you guys to all if you'll come and stand on this side can we do that would you come I want you to be here when we pray because I want Joe and Lindsay to get another chance to see you okay would you all come and stand on this side come and stand on this side These are those little faces you were talking about, Lindsay. (laughs) Yeah, here they come. Yeah, come on. You can come on up on the steps if you want. If you guys don't have room, it's okay. Come on up, yeah. Yeah, if you'll all come on this side. And I know there are several that that are out of town today. Now, um, for those of you, uh, Joel and Lindsay, when you guys got here, um, there were there were babies born that first year that have now graduated high school. Can you believe that? And so, um, if you were ever a part of the children's ministry or middle school ministry um, with Joel and Lindsay, uh, and you're you're not this age anymore, would you come and stand on this side? All all those of you that were ever part you stand here <laughs> yeah if you're in the balcony come on we'll wait we'll wait for you for a minute this uh, this this moment took 13 years to make. So it's okay. You know, and and these are um, these are the folks near the end of the year. These are the folks that are in town. It's you really don't know how many lives that your life impacts until a moment like this you get a little glimpse. So Joel and Lindsay look around, look at the faces. Yeah, you guys come on. Come on, come on. Come, come on up on the steps a little bit if you don't mind so these guys can get in. Yeah. So you guys look around for a minute. This is your legacy in Kingwood Church. From, from little babies all the way up past high school graduates. And here they are. Uh, and and I, I know that our, our kids, um, I was very, very blessed that our two boys got an opportunity to be in your ministry. grateful I'm grateful for the deposit you put in them you finished well there's very few things that have ever brought me the kind of peace in life that finishing well has brought me and you finished well you did it right you closed this chapter With integrity and grace. And God will honor that. I promise you. Would you guys stretch your hand this way. And if you want to come around. And just lay your hands on. Joel and Lindsay and their family. You guys want to come around a little bit. You can come around. Yeah. And let's pray okay. So we send them off today. Lord I thank you today for. um, Joel and Lindsay in this moment. And just as Joel Has. Spoken a blessing straight from scripture over us. Lord, we speak a blessing over him. And we pray that the legacy that he's left here at Kingwood would now be multiplied at Four Corners Church. That you would bring other families and children. and Moms and dads and grandchildren. and Little babies. And Lord, as a new story begins to be written, we pray that a legacy will be, will be written there. Surround them. Bless them. Um, Let them feel today the love of God through this church family as we hug them and embrace them and send them off. Lord, today we release them. You are no longer obligated or responsible for anybody at Kingwood Church. You have done your duty and you've done it well. And now we release you from your calling. We release you from your responsibility here. You are free in Jesus' name to go and plant this church and to pursue the dream God's put in your heart. And we will be behind you, supporting you all the way. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Would you give them one more hand? Thank God for our time together. If you, if you didn't get a chance to hug them yet, uh, you probably won't get to because they're covered up. If you can't make it to them, at least hug somebody around you before you go home, okay? Hey, God bless you. Thanks for being here today.